Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today's show is about the impact of the over-sexualization of breasts on breastfeeding. If you breastfeed, you'll find that your breasts undergo a radical identity shift from culturally sexual to biologically nurturing. So what does that have to do with how you feel while doing it, your ability to nurse in public, your decision on how long to breastfeed for, having to deal with strangers' opinions, and feeling many unwanted things like indignation and shame? Also, why do men have nipples? The badass breastfeeder Abby Thiering has answers. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Vistaprint, helping you create personalized holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts. Go to vistaprint.com and use the code BIRTHFULHOLIDAY for 50% off your cards and calendars. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by HelloFresh, a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. For a total of $60 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Birthful60 and enter the code Birthful60. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. As always, thank you so very much for all the love you give the show. I really, truly appreciate it. And if what you hear is helpful, then make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you want to further support this podcast, support its sponsors, which in today's case are Vistaprint and HelloFresh. All right, so it's almost Thanksgiving here in the U.S., and that definitely makes me think how... I'm really grateful for every single one of you out there listening. Like, you really make a difference in my life. I hope I make a difference in your life too, but I'm not going to be presumptuous and assume. (laughs) But Thanksgiving, right, is usually also followed by some really amazing sales. So I'm going to jump on on that. And for the rest of this week and until the end of the month, my birth partner's labor support toolkit and my Thrive With Your Newborn postpartum preparation class will both be at a sleep at a steep discount. Both are amazing, useful resources that give you incredible value at their regular price. And that's not just me saying so. I get feedback from happy buyers all the time. But I do want to give you a little bit extra right now in this time of year. So let me help you get birth and postpartum ready at a great discount. You can find links to both products at birthful.com. And then you use the code thankful on checkout. And that will give you a great whopping $70 off my Thrive With Your Newborn postpartum preparation classes and $20 off the Birth Partners Labor Support Toolkit. You can use the same code for either one. And I've also included the direct links on the show notes if that's easier for you guys. So you can use the code THANKFUL to buy either one or just get them both. It's the same code. And that would make it even a sweeter deal because it's still a huger, it's like getting the more than getting the birth partners toolkit for free if you get both of them. So anyways, learn more at birthful.com and use the code THANKFUL to get yourself birth and postpartum ready. And again, I am so very grateful for every single one of you. All right. 
You know how much I love rethinking cultural concepts. I get nerdy and thinky in my brain. And it turns out that my guest, Abby Thiering, does too, especially if what we're rethinking has to do with breastfeeding. Welcome, Abby. It is so great to have you here on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. And before we get into this super fun topic, and to me, this is fun. To me, this is like, oh, it's thinking those deep thoughts and really questioning mm -hmm. where we get these ideas and culturally and like, I'm all about that in birth. So I really appreciate you coming on to, to let together, let's explore that about breastfeeding. But before we get into this uh, sexualization of breast, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a mother of two um, boys. I live here in Chicago with my husband, and I um, I blog about breastfeeding at the Badass Breastfeeder, um, and I've been doing that for seven years now, and that's pretty much followed my entire breastfeeding journey of my first and my second sons, who have both uh, weaned this year. So now I'm going through that transition. Yeah, and that's yeah. got to be a whole different, because how old are they? They are seven and four. Okay, yeah, so, so you've been my... breastfeeding for seven years. Yes, my, yeah, my oldest son breastfed until he was six and a half. Um, and then my four-year-old, you know, I, I was like, oh my God, he weaned. It was like a long time that he hadn't breastfed. And then like lately, he's like all about asking me to nurse, so... Now he's like, he, there's nothing in there and he doesn't really know like how to latch on. So he just kind of like puts his lips on it and then kind of looks at me and laughs. Um, <laughs> but so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I guess he's not quite weaned. He's kind of gone back a little bit. So he's trying to figure it out. The... <laughs> he's like, I know I used to do this, but I don't remember how. You'd figure it'd be like riding a bicycle. <laughs> you think, but it's so not. It's not. They really do. They really do move on. Their mouths change. They, they, um, you know, they aren't able to latch like they are when they're smaller, and they they do just move on. They don't breastfeed until they're in college. They don't. It's yeah. it's a fact. <sighs> no need to worry about that one. Uh, and I saw. I I want people to follow your blog, but also follow your Instagram account. I was just. Did, did I just see a picture of like that? I'm trying to match up what you're telling me right now with the picture I thought I saw, and maybe it wasn't you um, in the picture. But did Point you have your, a teacup? Yeah, yes, your breast in a in a teacup. Yes, so that's an older picture. That's okay. from a couple of years ago, um, and I like to share that because it's hilarious, and people um, always can relate to it. So I had a I had a, a clogged duct which if anyone's had them, they know they're very painful. And it's when um, your milk duct becomes clogged with milk. And so the best way to kind of deal with that is to warm it up and massage it. And so I just, I can't remember why I even had the idea. I think somebody told me, told me to do it. I think a, like one of my, like one of my admins is a lactation consultant and she was like, try this. And so I just leaned over a table into a bowl of hot water or warm water. And um, then I took a picture of myself. So yeah, that's that. That's me. Okay, now it's a fantastic picture, and I love that. And I it, now it's gonna like that's now in my toolbox. One of the options. Absolutely. For... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah, it works really well, and it's like you know you don't. I mean, you can also do the warm compress and all that stuff, but it was it's kind of very cozy. You get your whole breast kind of in there, and it gets really warm. Yeah, it seemed way easier than you know going in into the shower and massaging it and just yeah. like dunk your dunk your boob. <laughs> 
right. And then you're using the whole gravity, you know, you kind of got it dangling there. So it can kind of, you can kind of work it towards the nipple easier, you know, with a little assistance from gravity. I'm going to figure out a way to put a link to it um, on the show notes. So okay. that people, people have to go there. Um, but yeah, the topic at hand for today, the how the sexualization of breasts harm or affect breastfeeding. I know this is one of your passion topics. So where do we start? Yeah, I know. That's one of the things, you know, it's one of those topics that really just has me starts to be wiggling me in my chair because I, I just get really excited about it. And it's difficult to know where to start because what it's kind of one of those like what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, I don't um, I don't you know who I don't know how all of this happened. You know, I'm sure there are people who are like historians who st or anthropologists or something who who really understand how the sexualization of breasts became a thing in our culture. Um, and, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people misunderstand is that it's not global, you know, breasts are not sexual in all cultures. No. Um, in, in some, and they are not sex organs. Right. That's another thing that I think people misunderstand is it's like, well, it's, you know, it's a sex organ and it's, you know, and it, it should be covered except then we can kind of expose that by saying, well, how come male breasts are not to be covered. You know, right. Could, and, it, and it's that difference between something that's biologically, a, a biological norm versus what's a cultural norm. Right. Exactly. 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 And that's, you know, that's kind of, that's breastfeeding in a nutshell is, you know, cultural norm versus biological norm because breastfeeding is a biological norm, but culturally it's not at all. And, and then people say, well, why? Why is it not culturally normal? And, and you know, there's, there's a history there, too. So, you know. Um... And I think also, I mean, because I am this type of nerd, be, before I jump into any topic <laughs> with anybody on this show, I always go like, oh, wait, what, does the, what, what can I find research-wise? What does the Internet say about <laughs> this stuff? And I came across this. I'll, I have um, also because I was building the, the show notes for it. So I have links to some of the history of the sexualization of, of breasts in the oh, show notes. Oh, great. Yes, because, again, that type of nerd. But um, yeah. There was this really great quote that I came across that says, as breasts became more sexualized, they became less functional, more the purview mm -hmm. of men as sexual objects and less the domain of infants and as a source of food. Exactly. Right. So how, so what are the implications of this sexualization on, on starting breastfeeding? Let's break it down through how it affects different things. Yes. Well, I can talk about my personal experience and I think a lot of people can relate. I, you know, I, I, I find, okay. So I also think that we can start with like the sexualization and the over sexualization um, and the difference of that, because anything can really be sexualized, right? I mean, you know, our legs or, you know, can be very sexy or our backs or our lips or anything, something like that. And that's something that we, you know, that that's quite normal. Um, and you know, is just a part of being, of, of, of being a sexual being. Um, but then we have the over-sexualizing or the word that I love is the fetishizing of breasts where they just become kind of independent of a person. <laughs> you know, they're not, not really connected to us anymore. And they're just these, you know, these sort of, like this quote was saying, you know, these enter things of entertainment to entertain, you know, men and attract men and, um, and I was all about that. 
before I had children. I was, you know, I, I was the, I loved my boobs and they were purely sexual to me. I'm, I'm sure if somebody said like, Hey, Abby, wait a minute. Do you know what your breasts are really for biologically? You know, I maybe could have come up with an answer, but it was never on my mind. And I never saw breast. I've ne- I never saw a person breastfeeding before I was breastfeeding my own child in the hospital. Um, and so that's what breasts were to me. They were sexual. My breasts were sexual to me. And when I had my son, I, I was struggling with breastfeeding, um, like many of us do. But I, 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 I felt like they were totally alien to me. I thought, well, what, okay, I'm supposed to nurse, you know, I'm supposed to breastfeed with these, um, and it just felt like it was something, it was just something so different. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was not necessarily uncomfortable and I'll get to that in a second, but it, it was, it was just odd. You know, I thought, well, I don't know what to do. I, I've always known what to do with my breasts. I've always, always known what I wanted to do with my breasts and what I was doing with them. And now here I was trying to nurse a baby and I was like, what is this thing? Mm. How do I, how do I work this? How do I get it in his mouth? How do I, what is this supposed to be happening here? And also um, and like, I, I always say, you know, when we become parents, uh, it's the biggest identity change we've ever had. Cause we go from being just a person to now being completely responsible for somebody else. And you're a mom or a dad or whatever you want to call yourself when that title used to be your own mom and dad. Like it's a, it's a right. mind that messes with your mind. Um, it sounds like your breasts suffered an ad- identity crisis as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, that was an absolute um, identity crisis. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. The the transition into parenthood is is extreme, and it can really, really rattle people's worlds. And it did mine. Um, and uh, I think that that was just another part of it. You know, it was just getting to know this other part of my body in a new way. You know, I had to learn, I had to learn, I had to learn it because, and again, it was, it was, I had never seen it. And then, but, and, but so, and why had I never seen it? Mm -hmm. You know, because people aren't doing it, especially in public. And why aren't they doing it in public? Is there some reason to fear it? Is there some reason they're uncomfortable doing it in public? And does that, is that because maybe, is that related to the sexualization of breasts too? Yeah. So what helped you to figure, you know, deal or, or I can't find the word. Anyway, yes. How did you come to terms with it? (laughs) Yeah, I I know what you're trying to say. Um, I, it was a process. It was a process of learning about breastfeeding. Um, You know, I thought, so, so I'm trying to figure out breastfeeding and um it's not working and there's all these kind of other things going on where they're 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 saying well because i was induced so they're saying well you um you need to use formula because you're not making enough milk um because you're induced so you you know which is all not this is all misinformation too so so i'm so i'm i'm using the formula and then i'm trying to also breastfeed my baby i'm you know i'm following all these directions and i um it's not working you know it was just not working i couldn't figure it out i i you know i'm like i'm gonna i'm I'm just using this formula for a little while so that i can get my milk in and 
and then continue to breastfeed. And it was just, it wasn't working. And I was going, I was on the internet a lot. Like, how do I breastfeed? <laughs> what, what are, what do I do? How, you know, why does my baby hate me? Um, these kinds of things, like just that were, that I was trying to figure it out. And the more that I learned, you know, so then I come into this information, I come into this information that like, actually, actually your body knows how to make milk you know you you the the you when you even if you're induced you have a baby the baby's no longer in your body that's a signal to your body to start making colostrum and to start making milk so my body knew to do that and learning about the things that my body just knows how to do was basically learning about my breasts you know, and really what they were for and really what was going on with them and then how how they were going to start working in this new way. And then, you know, I started making more and more milk. I started following, you know, I started when I started getting this information, I start I start um, to kind of change what I'm doing a little bit, change the way I'm thinking about things and things start working a little better. And then there's all this milk coming out of my breasts and I'm going, oh, my God, this is so incredible. And, you know, this whole kind of empowering thing happened where I'm learning really about, I learned about birth after the fact, you know, um, and I thought, wow, oh, my body just knows how to do all this stuff. And I think becoming, just having, just learning about it made me understand, appreciate and accept and internalize these new functions of it my body. Yeah. It sounds like you had a really good aha moment and, and of a discovery, yeah. of self-discovery, which is how fascinating, right? That that opportunity right. of that, yeah. that new parent had brought you know, brought for you. Um and I remember when I was breastfeeding and we had all sort like who doesn't have breastfeeding problems? <laughs> There's oh. always some obstacles. We had exactly. a whole Yeah, we had a whole bunch of different things. My daughter's now thirteen, but um I remember also having a, a sort of identity crisis with it and feeling like, you know, there's that thing, like feeling like a cow, like I'm just being milked here. Instead, yeah. and, and the fact that she had a lip tie and a leaky latch and I had destroyed nipples didn't help with the yeah. fact that, you know, I wasn't getting that super loving bonding and, oh, this is uniting us. To me, it was a chore that felt not only it was keeping me from sleep, but it also felt that it was taking away some of my dignity. You yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so, so what do we do? Because that's all... It, aside from knowing how to breastfeed or not breastfeed, it's this this relationship with our breasts. So how can we? Well, for that initial, think, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I think and and I think what became so that was a very empowering thing for me, you know, to kind of realize that my breasts had this function. Um, but then there's there is definitely that feeling that like the sexual part of the breasts, even I would say the sexual part of the whole the whole me, kind of took a back seat. You know, I wasn't, that was just not really kind of, I didn't feel like my body was, you know, for that right now. You know, it really was like I was a cow, you know, okay, so this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm defeating this baby and, and all of that other stuff kind of went away and I thought, oh, you know, that's all, you know, wow, that's all like, you know, that's just oppressing us and that's just keeping us down and that's just, you know, control, society controlling us, which in, in a lot of ways, it's very true. 
that sexualizing breasts and sexualizing over sexualizing the female body is a way that we exert control over people. well and it, it also objectifies it so right exactly it and takes away of, our, you know yeah. keeping right and I, so i thought you know so i'm kind of learning all this and i'm going oh my gosh i'm rejecting that i'm totally rejecting that um and that was this thing but i but i would say in the last few years what has been the new empowering thing is learning that i that actually i am all of these things you know that 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 all of these things make make up who i am um and i don't have to completely reject being a sexual being in order to breastfeed and i don't have to reject breastfeeding in order to you know be sexual mm -hmm. and express myself sexually if i want because my breasts are sexual to me i can't speak for everybody because not everybody feels that way but i will say for me my breasts are certainly sexual um, and i use them to breastfeed but that doesn't make breastfeeding sexual any more than it makes my lips or my hands sexual that because i use them during sex you know right and the fact that like your lips can be sexual but they're not sexual all the time right i kiss my baby with my lips and, and that's that, totally yeah. different than what's going on yeah and they're and they're just they're we're, we're so we're not just one thing or the other you know we are we are we as people are made up of many different things and and that that you know our breasts are just the same and thank goodness we are um abby let's take a quick break and when we come okay. back i want to talk about taking this to the outside world meaning like nursing in public and how how one thing is you and your relationship with your breasts and, and having to go through that identity crisis but then when you have the world also opining on on, on this we'll be right back close your eyes and think of how you feel when you get a card or gift that's bought off the shelf Okay, now think how you feel when you get a card or gift that is personalized with someone's picture or that of their baby or even their pets. Feels different, right? I love it when I get holiday photo cards from my past doula clients with pictures of the whole family. Immediately, I am sent right back to their births and remember how badass they were and how crazy that I got to be a part of that pivotal moment in their lives. All that from a photo card. Plus, I also love that I get to see how much their kids have grown and it, it's just the best. You may think that custom cards, calendars, or photo gifts may take a long time to do, but not if you use Vistaprint. Simply pick a shape like square or rounded corners, folded or flat, and then choose one of Vistaprint's gorgeous designs. You can put your favorite picture on most of them and even upload a great shot right from your phone. The most complicated part may be figuring out how many you need or ordering them up with plenty of time for the holidays. So take advantage of this great offer from Vistaprint today and get it off your holiday to-do list. All custom cards and calendars are 50% off right now, and you can also save on mugs, canvases, and other photo gifts. Did I mention you can upload your photos right from your phone? Super easy, you guys. Vistaprint has a 100% satisfaction guarantee or they'll make it right by either reprinting your order or giving you a refund. They have hundreds of card designs, including timeless classics and the option of foil finish. So get merry, get jolly, 
Get 50% off all holiday cards and calendars, plus save on other photo gifts at vistaprint.com. Just enter the promo code BIRTHFULHOLIDAY. That's vistaprint.com, V-I-S-T-A-P-R-I-N-T, vistaprint.com, promo code BIRTHFULHOLIDAY. Offer is valid until January 31st, 2019. And we're back talking with Abby Thiering about sexualizing breasts and how uh, how that affects breastfeeding and and we don't realize it. So yeah. Abby All right. So let's so we've got a little bit of how how we're affected that with our own relationship of initiating breastfeeding and starting breastfeeding and having to discover to explore and discover the new function of our breasts from what we've been culturally taught throughout life what about how, what's the effect of that it, uh, for nursing in public yeah i mean i think that that's one of the reasons that we don't see people nursing in public i i believe that most people who have babies want to try to breastfeed um and i think that sometimes people don't because it makes them uncomfortable simply because of the sexualization of breasts i mean i have a friend in um from childhood who said i'm i'm not going to breastfeed it doesn't make me feel comfortable and, you know, I, I can't argue with her, you know, the, it just made her so uncomfortable because her breasts to her are, are purely sexual. And the fact, the idea of, of breastfeeding a baby from them, it, she couldn't bring herself to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's very, very telling, I think, of where we are in our culture. Um, um, so some people don't even start, um, And then some people might stop before they want to stop because as the child gets older, we kind of have this thing in our culture that it's like, okay, it's okay to to breastfeed like a very small baby. But when the baby gets older, then that's kind of sexualizing the relationship or something. Um, And so I think as the older the child gets, people get a little more, more hesitant or offended by it. Well, and I, and and then they start, telling you their opinions and 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 right. having that 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 understanding or not understanding but that righteousness that if you see right. somebody breastfeeding it starts when you're pregnant right they, it's like your belly's public domain and then if you're breastfeeding in public people feel that they're entitled to give you their opinion about either like oh you're offending me cover up or right. you know the, the, the your kids too old and this is how you should parent right right and and we have just the in order to nurse in public you have to pull out your breast you know and that is just daunting to some people you know it's like here's this here my breast has always been you know it has has you know, I've been taught that it needs to be covered up, that it's, you know, that it's private, that it's, you know, that it's a sexual thing. And now in order to breastfeed in public, it's like, well, now I have to pull it out, you know, and there, and then it's no, and it's really no wonder that a lot of people feel so uncomfortable doing that or afraid to do it. Um, and then, as you say, we have people who a lot of times around us who won't hesitate to say, oh, that is so inappropriate. You need to cover up. And now let me, this is something that really, really makes me laugh. And when I say laugh, I mean mad. Um, I, 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 before I had children, I had my breasts on display all the time. I mean, I just all the time. And I was never, 
ever told to cover up. No one ever said, oh, my God, Abby, there's too much side boob or too much cleavage. Well, you know, it was it was the complete opposite. You know, that was I got positive feedback when mm -hmm. my breasts were on display in kind of a, in a, you know, in an entertaining display way. But then you have a baby and you're breastfeeding in public and there's a little bit of side boob and people are so outraged. You know, they're just, oh my gosh, you have to cover that up. That's inappropriate. That is indecent. That is, um, what's that, the legal thing? The um, ex indecent exposure, um, you know. And I mean, we even have laws on the books that exempt breastfeeding from indecent exposure because people cannot on their own separate the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think that I think that this plays a major role in why people are not breastfeeding in public comfortably well it makes it makes us all uncomfortable just to see breasts yeah. out of <laughs> quote unquote context right because right. we're used to that right. the context is sexual right. so now it's out of context it's going to make me uncomfortable and i'm going to shame you about right it. and then it becomes my job then to tell you you know yeah that you need to cover up or that you're doing something wrong and that's <laughs> so we are so far you know we're the, the you know breasts are so sexualized that we have completely lost the um, connection to nature that they have. You know, they, we've completely lost all of this knowledge of what, what they're actually for. Well, and so it's people, so, yeah, it's it, it, one of the funny things that, that I think it's been like a year now that I've, I've read somewhere that there's some tribes that, cause there's always the question of what, the heck are male nipples for like use the yep. useless nipple and some right. tribes <laughs> the useless nipple is actually a pacifier there's no milk uh -huh. coming out but it right. can soothe the need to suck and it can sure. soothe baby until mm -hmm. you find mom and whatever um so i've started dropping whenever we talk breastfeeding with my clients i've started dropping that out there just saying like in some cultures men use them as pacifiers and right. you can and see some men, little... I mean, yeah, <laughs> and there are these, there going. are tribes, yeah, people who are like, oh. yeah, I mean, and there are tribes where men actually are lactating. Mm -hmm. The pigmies. You know, this is the same yeah. body part. Yeah, this is the same body part. People think that, that, that female breasts and male breasts are different things, and they're not. They are the same body part. You know, we just so, have I mean, different development of mammary glands and evolutionary exactly. of, you know, fat stores and just. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 I mean, if you like I live in Chicago, if I expose my nipple in public, um, I can get a ticket. There is a nipple ban, a nipple ban in Chicago. It is illegal for me to expose my nipples in Chicago. It's not illegal for my husband to expose his nipples in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And that is just incredible to me. Because, yeah, it, we're just bodies. It's so it's so pervasive culturally. Well, it's ingrained. a double standard double and it's standard. harmful. It is. It is because we should be supporting breastfeeding people as much as possible and helping them in this great thing of, you know, nurturing and feeding their babies instead right. of making it so hard. Because that's the other thing I found about if you... It, it, it's ridiculous that nursing in public almost takes some bravery. And yes, exactly. I was just going to get into that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Yes, and then the then if you're not willing to 
put that on yourself on top of everything else that new parenthood is asking of you or not so new parenthood is asking of you, then it's going to affect when your baby eats, your engorgement. Like if you're switching your schedule so that you never breastfeed in public or you always have a private place to do it, that's so messed up. Right, right. Right. And I, and it's, and it's, it's, it's messed up that in order to breastfeed, in order to breastfeed in public, in order to make any of these things happen for yourself that you have to go through, you really do have to, you have to have, like you said, bravery, you have to be able to, you have to push really hard against so many barriers that are put up in various ways um, to try to keep you from breastfeeding. You know, mm-hmm. and there's people who just, you know, there's there's certain people who who, um, you know, people will say, well, um, you know, yeah, somebody told me to cover when I was in public and I, you know, I flipped them off <laughs> or I, you know, told them to put a blanket over their head or something. Well, the thing is that not everybody is capable of doing that. You know, not everybody feels comfortable getting into confrontations like that. Um, and, and, and this is what we're asking, you know, this is what society is asking of people is to be confrontational, to get into confrontations and push up against all of these things in order to be, in order to breastfeed. Yeah, no, it's so hard. I mean, I, when you were saying that of flipping people off, I love the, the, and even that it's confrontational, but it gives and it, it gives breastfeeding people some some tools. Like I love those hats that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that look like boobs, or the covers oh, yeah. that have boobs on them. Right? So like I'm covering right. up. This is just a picture of boobs. You're still uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've always had a dream, and if anybody out there like is a great inventor or something, you can you have my permission to make one because I don't feel like it. But mm-hmm. I always wanted to make like a, a nursing cover that was just clear. You know, oh. that was just like, you know, you don't have these hooter hiders or nip slips or whatever. Yeah, I want to yeah. just make one that's just clear. I'm covered. I'm like, well, I am covered. I am. Ah, oh, that's fantastic. Because it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. But we, but, and, but on the, on, on the flip side, we have created this whole entire kind of counterculture um, because of, of how much, how much flack, you know, we're getting. So now we have products and all these, you know, funny things and stuff of speaking against that and it's kind of it's just it's very telling of how strong it is well and even lactation centers like like nursing places like in and how in um airports you'll find like these you know lactation stations that's it nursing uh-huh. stations yeah yeah so that like this you... little like like this like portable like a porta potty with a like like a door and a lock and stuff yeah yeah and initially those sound like a great idea because it's like okay you, here is a place that's clean you don't have to hide yourself in a corner or in the bathroom like try right. eating in the bathroom that's ridiculous you don't have to yeah. do that that people are like you know we'll give you that as an alternative here's a special little cubicle we've built for you so you can mm-hmm. breastfeed in private right meaning so we don't have to see you this is the ultimate cover-up well and that is the flip side of it isn't it uh you know because we want you know we want to provide people with comfort and to you know make breastfeeding easier but then we make these places and and i fear that the way it's going to be construed as they become more popular is that well if you're going to breastfeed then you need to be over there 
you know, it's not going to be seen kind of as a choice of like, if you want to be over here, you can be, but it's perfectly fine if you're right where you are. Right. Because I, 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 it actually happened to me. I was at a conference, a con- con- convention or something, like a baby show um, in Las Vegas a few years ago. And I, um, I was nursing my son in a carrier walking through this convention and somebody came, a security guard came up to me and he said, you need to do that in the nursing station. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> And another security guard actually came over and was like, no, don't, you know, no, 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 you're wrong. Um, but just, and I don't really think he was, you know, he was kind of young. He didn't really know, like, you know, he probably has no, he's probably never seen breastfeeding before. All he knew was that there was a nursing station over there. And so he was trying to do his job of like, you know, shuffling people around to where they needed to be. Hey, you're looking for the cafeterias but- over there. You can, oh, your breastfeeding is over here. <laughs> Right, 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 right. You know, and, 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 and I, you know, it's like, but, but I think I, and I fear that this is going to become, these places are becoming more common. And I feel, I fear that this reaction is become more, more common too, of like, well, you need to be doing that over there. We offer these spaces for you. We spent all this money to offer this space for you. Then why don't you just go over there and use it? Yeah. And it's very conflicting because it's also giving people who might be not wanting to be confrontational that want like a safe space. It does provide a safe space, but at the same time, it doesn't help desexualize breasts. Right. Right. And the problem, and and, and I hear, I hear a lot of breastfeeders say that they love those places because they, maybe they have older kids and they can shut the door and they can sit down and they don't have to worry about the kids running away. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they can contain everybody while they need to sit down. And I think that that is just like, I mean, like, yes, I can see how that would be really stressful when you're trying to sit down and breastfeed. And then you have your two-year-old and your five-year-old are just like running away. You know, it's great that you can shut the door and keep everybody kind of contained. Um, but you're right. Um, I, I I think that this that this can also perpetuate this sexualization of the breast. Yep. But it needs to be hidden and it needs to be, if you're going to do that, fine. We made this pretty room over here for you. So, Abby, let's take another quick break. But when we come back, let's explore, talk a little bit more about how it's not, we're not going to change the culture overnight, but what are some of the things that we can do to help move us forward or I guess away from the sexualization of breasts? We'll be right back. HelloFresh believes cooking should be simple and convenient, not a chore, and I so second that sentiment. I really appreciate that they say their recipes only take around 30 minutes, and when you make them, they do actually take only around 30 minutes. That was our experience when we made their chickpea-powered Mediterranean couscous with zucchini and heirloom tomatoes. Just saying that made my mouth water again. The fusilli pasta rustica with sun-dried tomatoes and broccoli was also super yummy. HelloFresh has three plans to choose from. There's a classic plan, the veggie plan, and the family plan. The family plan was created by HelloFresh with picky eaters in mind, so it's been kid-tested and approved to help you have fuss-free dinners. And their recipes also include what they call a global eats option that brings you international dishes and flavors for meals that can bring back the excitement of cooking. With HelloFresh, cooking is going to be something you actually want to do when you get home from work. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits so you know which ingredient goes with which recipe and you can enjoy not having to plan dinner, spend money on takeout, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. Use HelloFresh to get delicious filling meals delivered right to your door every week for less than $10 per serving and free shipping. And to make it even better... 
Visit HelloFresh.com slash Birthful60 and enter the code Birthful60 to get a total of $60 off your first three boxes. That's like getting six free meals. Try it today. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Birthful60. That's with the number six zero. So HelloFresh.com slash Birthful60 and enter the code Birthful60 on checkout to receive a total of $60 off your first three boxes. And we're back talking about sexualization of breasts and its effect on breastfeeding. So, Abby, we've talked about the implications on how, you know, how it affects starting breastfeeding. We talked about also the nursing in public and how that helps to the way we kind of treat people who are trying to breastfeed in public, how that perpetuates the sexualization of of breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, what other things are tied into this that we need to talk about? Um, well, I think, of, you know, we talked a little bit about extended breastfeeding or breastfeeding beyond infancy. Um, and I think that one of the things that goes along with um, breastfeeding toddlers and small children is um, the reaction of many people and the the idea that this will cause some sort of psychological harm down the road, you know, that, oh, that child is too old to breastfeed. Um, and -hmm. if they're still breastfeeding into these kind of later years, um, it's going to lead to issues, psychological, emotional, whatever issues down the line. Oh, that they're going to have breast issues later on. Right. They'll have breast issues or they'll be, you know, like uh, mommy's boys or they'll be, you know, they'll just have some sort of, you know, they'll be different. Okay. They won't fit in or they'll just be screwed up. You know, they'll just be kind of screwed up people because they um, breastfed too long. They remember breastfeeding from their mother's breast. (gasps) You know, people get very freaked out about that. Um, But so, yeah, so I think that for me, I think that this all ties into um, our our culture's um, view that that breasts are primarily sexual. Um, And so as the as the child gets a little older and starts to kind of understand the world around them, um, that if they're still nursing from their mother's breast, that this becomes kind of a sexual thing for them or breastfeeding becomes sexual, you know, and, and because, because it's from this sexual part of, of, of the, of the body. Well, and then, and also like, what makes it more difficult even is because at that point, that, well, for instance, we're born, but the more cognizant they are, the more they start absorbing this cultural idea that breasts are sexual, which they might not have had at the beginning because for them, breasts were just the way they get feed, food and nurturing, right? Right. right. Um, and, but then there's all the billboards and magazines and uh, then mm-hmm. <laughs> and just fashion, <laughs> putting right. the breasts out there in a non, non-nurturing way way um, right so uh, it's I can yeah, I, I can see the conflict because we live in it it's messy but sure. at the same time like what's your thought on it well my thought is no one's mother's breast is ever sexual to them you know I mean you know my son will never see my breasts as sexual 
No, because you know, he won't he see said, you as he sexual. Said, right. It's not, it's not, this is already, you know, you know, nature does this for us. You know, we don't have to get all freaked out about it. Your, your, your children don't see you as sexual, sexual beings. They fed from your breast, even if they, and this is a lot of, another thing that people get concerned about is that they get to a, to an age where they're going to remember breastfeeding, you know, that as they get older, they'll look back and they'll say, oh my gosh, I'm so traumatized because I breastfed from my mother's breasts and that was sexual. Um, and that doesn't happen. My father-in-law remembers breastfeeding. I've, I've met several people who, re, who remember breastfeeding and it doesn't work out that way. You know, even if you don't remember and you know that you were breastfed, you're not, that doesn't, it doesn't, people don't say, oh gosh, that was an inappropriate thing for my parent to do. You know, we <laughs> how dare to, they? <laughs> right. We don't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work out that way. Well, and it speaks back to the one of the points you made originally that we are complex human beings, that we can be right. something and something else. We can, right. Right. you know, have, we discern that different things are for different, different things can be for different uses. Right. And, and even, even if we get to an age where you start to understand sexuality and sex, um, and you start to understand that your parents are sexual beings too, that doesn't mean that, that your relationship with them becomes sexual or that you, you know, that things, you know, that breastfeeding, your breastfeeding, you know, we, we're capable of, you know, like you said, we, we, we are complex people and we're able to have complex relationships with people and different relationships with people. And we have different relationships with, with our parents than we do with sexual partners. It's just a different it's a totally different, it's a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we all, and we all understand that. Oh, agreed. Agreed. So what are some things that you would like to see? How do we, how do we culturally, how do we tear this down a little bit, basically? Well, I think we're doing it. I mean, I think even just in the seven years that I've joined this um, kind of movement, if that's what we want to call it, I've seen so many changes. Um, I've seen uh, social media change. I've seen, I've gone from, you know, spending all this time in, you know, Facebook jail and these kinds of things um, for, for breastfeeding photos. And, and it was really, you know, it's, it's really these advocates on, online who are, who are making these changes that forced um you know, Facebook to, to, to separate, you know, these, these um, breastfeeding photos from pornography and, you know, all these things that they were kind of lumping it into. Mm. Um, and that, and that culture has changed. I've seen, you know, that that culture has changed a lot. I think that there is less, I'm not saying it's not still happening because it is. Um, but I do think that it happens less than it used to. And um, I also think that, uh, more people are breastfeeding in public. And I think that's one of the things that we really need to do as breastfeeders is we, if we can, if we can just bring ourselves to do it, I think it's, I think it is um, going to change the future. You know, the more we breastfeed in public, the more that it will be normalized. But that means that we all need to be, that we need to be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't, I don't want to say that you have, if you're, if you're a breastfeeder that you have to breastfeed in public, because I would never say that somebody has to go beyond, you know, really what they're, what they're comfortable doing. And, and so those of us that are comfortable with it, then we need to do it, you know, for the breastfeeders around us. 
and the breastfeeder is kind of down the line. And I totally appreciate the change in social media and Facebook and Instagram by default because same company. Right. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> of being able to to see breastfeeding pictures more and more. And and lately what happened or recently what happened as well is that the change came for birthing yes. um, images yes, as well. That was, so yes, that first, was such a huge victory. That was wonderful. Well, and it's hilarious because then now my, I, I love it, right? But my Instagram feed, I joke with my daughter because every time I o- open my Instagram feed, first picture is like, here you go. See, baby can crotch. That <laughs> is so out. funny that you say that because I sit down at night. I do a little bit of work at night, you know, on on every night on social media and I sit down on the couch next to my husband and I, I just, I open up my Instagram feed and I start, re- I start laughing. He's like, what is it? Another baby in a vagina? And I'm like, yep. Yeah, it is baby here. And I'll look over and he's, you know, he's, he's to the point he's had two kids now with me and, and he's just like, wow, that's amazing. He's like, look at that picture. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, so I think it's just, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's great. We're seeing it now. It's starting to flood. Um, you know, breastfeeding photos have been flooding social media for a while. And now we're starting to see the birthing photos flooding social media. And, you know, social media on one hand, you know, we want to say like, you know, the world exists outside of social media, but really social media is here to stay, you know, and this is, this is something that's really, you know, a big part of people's lives. And it's something that really, I think where change can, can happen. Um, and if people are, and I know for my, for my, um, for my following, because people tell me, they'll say, you know, looking at your feed and looking at all these people um, breastfeeding in public, you know, it really gave me the confidence to breastfeed in public. And so it works. It really does. Yeah, it does normalize it. And I encourage people to, you know, start following some hashtags that bring breastfeeding to and, and birthing to if they're pregnant. Like, yeah. And if they're planning to breastfeed, we're not trying to to cho- your, the choice is yours. But if you're doing it, sure. you know here are ways that you can have an easier time at it because the more you see it the more comfortable you'll be with it and you know speaking back to that identity um change of the breasts that that we all go through when we start breastfeeding because of our our cultural norms um i encourage people to also go to a breastfeeding cafe or a la leche league or whatever when they're pregnant like go yes and they have the um the uh, big latch on during the breastfeeding week, mm-hmm. you know, those are always fun events too. Like even if you're not breastfeeding, you're pregnant, go see if yep. before we would see everybody breastfeeding around us. Like and before, I mean like hundreds of years ago. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Before it was, before we couldn't figure it out anymore. Yeah. Right. And that's, we've, that stepping away from that has we've lost that knowledge so there are ways to gain it back and to normalize it and it's not just because of oh let's make a movement it's because it's actually if you're planning to breastfeed it's going to make your life and your experience better yeah i think that's so important i think that's great is i think that's so true is is you know is is being pregnant and going and just like hanging out with some breastfeeding people because um you don't think that it's going to make that big of a difference, but when you are holding your new baby and you're about to do something you've never done before, having seen it, there's research on this too. Having, having seen breastfeeding will make so much of a difference on your success with getting started with breastfeeding. If that's what you want to do. Cause like you said, I mean, like we're, we're talking about the whole topic here is the sexualization of our bodies and how that's kind of like this reminder, this kind of annoying reminder from society that like, we don't really own our bodies. And the thing is is that we do, um, we own our bodies and you are, 
in charge of it and you can do as you please with it. And if that means to breastfeed, then, you know, breastfeed. And if not, then that's yeah. your choice. It's and a it can, cho you know, it's a, it's a choice. Yeah. And there's a power in that in birth and, and, and breastfeeding as both of that. It can, if you, if you so choose it to be, can be a very healing process and, and, and bringing you closer mm -hmm. to your body and all the wonderful things it can do because we are, we have so much out there telling us our bodies are not good enough in so many ways right. and not ours right. in so many ways. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There is, um, I, and, and while you were talking about, you know, being out there and seeing it, um, it reminded me, and I'll link to the show notes of an episode I did with Diane Wiesinger about your baby, the mammal. And she was pointing uh -huh. out. Yeah. It, it, like I, I, it was a one of I had an aha moment with her because she goes, you know, this idea of you hold your baby, baby in a cradle and that's how you breastfeed. That's that image is a bottle feeding image. That mm -hmm. hold comes from right. bottle feeding, and that's we see a lot of that positioning. Sure. But you know, your breast is is. A circumference. You can attack that nipple from right. 360 degrees. Right. <laughs> right. And it's quite, and it can be like actually quite difficult to get started with breastfeeding when you're trying to do it in that position and your baby has, will have a hard, can have a hard time uh, latching in that position. And so then we think, oh my gosh, you know, I can't figure this out. But I mean, really it's, you know, it's like you said, like we're, this is what we see. So this is what we do. Yeah, so the, back to how important it is to see, go see mom's actual okay, people yeah, actually yeah. breastfeeding. Yeah. And right, and if you can, yeah, and if you really can, if you can bring yourself to just go out, you know, just live your life. This is the point, is that you don't have to stop yourself from living your life um, to breastfeed. Um, you do not have to stay home. You don't have to hide. You don't have to pump it into a bottle if you don't want to. Go out and live your life. You're a member of this of this world. You are a person on this planet. You have a, every right, as anybody else does, to be outside and to be out doing what you want to do. And you can bring your baby um, and breastfeed while you're doing it. And while you're just living your life, you are making so much change because everybody that sees you breastfeeding, it really will impact them. Mm -hmm. It does make a difference. And, you know, postpartum is isolating enough as it is to have one more right. thing to keep you right. away from right yeah yeah there was one other thing i was looking through my notes quickly here and one more thing that i wanted to mention that i thought was a really great quote and it brings it together with how the, the relationship men have with breasts right um mm -hmm. and it, it says, so the quote is, awkwardness around intimacy, intimacy between fathers and their infants. While mother-child intimacy is very public and celebrated, father-child intimacy is still shied away from and worried over, despite an increased body of evidence showing that, given the chance, fathers can be every bit as respondent to their infants as mothers in terms of reading their signals and communicating with them. Um and you mm -hmm. get that with so many, so many partners, so many dads that go, you know, well, breastfeeding, that's her thing. And, and here's the breast and oh, baby, just, you know, you have breasts and I don't. And, yeah. and here you soothe baby. Like there's that disconnect inherently. Like it's not just what we do to, to women. It's also what we've been doing to men or, or partners or dads in their relationship with their kids and how there's that divide on them not being as 
capable. And then, right. so if you've grown, like if we have, we have breasts and we have issues with our breast identity being sexualized and we carry them, right? Like they have nothing but that relationship <laughs> with yeah, the breast. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it's like, if it's not hard for us, it's even so much harder for them to go, whoa, wait a second, breastfeeding. That's why I want them to think about the, their own nipples as pacifiers. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that comes too with the whole, you know, what stems from that is too, is like, well, you know, you know, the mom now has to, you really should be pumping it into a bottle so that dad gets a chance to feed and bond with the baby too. Well, you don't have, you know, there's other ways to bond with the baby. That's not, men have been bonding with their babies for a long time, mm -hmm. you know, before, before we were able to pump it and put it in a bottle. Yeah. And it allows them an opportunity to also have a healing process with their own yeah, nurturing right. and relation, the ways of relating to people. Because, I mean, one of the things that is, is one of the things that we do to boys is also after a certain point, they're, they don't get kisses. They don't get hugs as much yeah. as, you know, we do create a chasm of separation in terms of the the love and physical touch they receive from people around them in that nurturing sense um and so it is harder for them also to come back around and go like oh it's true let me grab this baby right 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 it's true yeah they're kind of reinventing them themselves like like we are with breastfeeding yeah and so that was a little bit of a tangent, but I thought that it was it was uh, one of the articles that I'm linking through in the show notes. It was about the 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 pygmy people who do um, they're way more fluid and who takes care of babies and men and women just go back and forth and and it's it's that fluidity of roles. So women yeah. will go out and hunt, and dads are left with the babies, and they they breastfeed. They just they nurture they do the things so yeah. because to them that's not weird it's not weird right right and speaking of fluidity um i i think a lot of this also gets exposed too where we start to see where you know how kind of just for lack of a more professional word how ridiculous some of this is is the you know all these movements now of like gender fluidity and how people are identifying differently um how we're talking about moms and dads, we're talking about, you know, men and women, but what about, you know, these, what about like a trans woman? What about a trans man? Like what, I mean, is this, so then what about the nipple there? Is that a nipple that we have to cover up? Is that person going to get a ticket? You know, like the, when we start thinking about it that way, the whole nipple double standard to bring it back to that is just. It all falls apart. It's, it's, a, it falls apart. Exactly. exactly. As it should. It is. It should. It should. Yeah. And yes, I, I know. Yeah, I, I appreciate that we're moving away from a binary and talking and, and mm -hmm. stepping into a more fluid because we're just pe we're just people. We're all people. <laughs> right. We're all persons trying to figure it out in our own unique right. way. And we all have nipples, and they can all go into a baby's mouth. <laughs> I think that's the perfect <laughs> quote to like end this show. We're all people. And we all have nipples, and they can all go into a baby's mouth. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Abby, if people want to get in touch with you or follow what you're doing um, or connect, how can they do that? 
Well, I'm on Facebook as The Badass Breastfeeder. I'm on Instagram as The Badass Breastfeeder. I have a blog at thebadassbreastfeeder.com and I have a podcast, uh, badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Yes, you do. And you, your podcast is with Diane Cassidy, who's a lactation consultant who lives here in Rochester and is a friend. So it's all like That's this right. big, small world. That, right. Yeah. And I've got a couple of, I'll link them in the show notes also, because just what the heck for fun. Um, they're not necessarily related to the topic that we've talked today, but I'll put them there because it's Diane. I've done a couple of good episodes on, with her, one on lip ties mm -hmm. and tongue ties, and then the other one on uh, epidurals and how that affects breastfeeding. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so very much for being on the show today. It's been tons of fun. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Mighty Ones, find the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the show, Patreon member, benefits, send me messages, and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful, so come say hi. And if you're in the last months of pregnancy and feeling some anxiety about what life with a newborn will be like and how to best support your recovery, then go register for my Thrive With Your Newborn online postpartum preparation classes at birthfulcourses.com. Take advantage of the Black Friday, Small Saturday, Cyber Monday, all the things sale going on right now for a whopping and unprecedented $70 off until November 30th. Use the code THANKFUL at birthfulcourses.com. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Vistaprint and HelloFresh. Go to Vistaprint.com and use the code BIRTHFULHOLIDAY for 50% off your cards and calendars and other discounts. And go to HelloFresh.com slash BIRTHFUL60 and use the code BIRTHFUL60 for a total of $60 off your first three boxes. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand Network, a network of podcasts for parents and families. Download the free Parents on Demand app on Apple and Android for easy on-the-go listening. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to a mighty parent as they share their amazing story here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. Hey, mighty one. Did you know that if you started listening to one Birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much Birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.